0: What's up, what's up, what's up, what's up, y'all, this is Classified, this is Mocha Only, this is Sean Price, yeah, Ghostface Killer, this is Quake Matthews, what's up, my Brother Ali, Fight Diggy, Tribe Call Quest, Eloquent, man, what up, Styles Feed the Ghost. this is Ab this is K.O., and you listening to The Come Up Show, with that feel-good music list this is the show
1: that you come up on, yeah, this is the spot that you come up strong, yeah, hey, it's your boy, Chetto, and I'd like to welcome you to The Come Up Show podcast, I released two episodes today, so make sure you check out our second episode, and this episode features Saba out of Chicago, Illinois. And it's actually kind of funny how I discovered Saba. Uh, when I was going through the year-end list of 2014, uh, what I love about that is, you know, I love going through the different rap logs and what's the amazing about it is, you know, you're going through the past years and the best, whether it be albums, mixtapes, EPs, etc. And uh, I like going through them because uh, if I've missed anything and everything, anything that I haven't listened to, uh, I want to make sure to check it out. You know, being a radio show host and a blogger and interviewer, I want to make sure I'm not sleeping on anyone. If especially if an EP mixtape or a project keeps coming up on more than one blog, I'm definitely going to download it and see what it's about. And that's how I discovered Saba. His mixtape uh, titled Comfort Zone was released in July of 2014. I kept seeing it in more than a few blogs and comments. People saying, yeah, man, Saba, I'm still listening to that mixtape. And I don't know if this happens to you because, you know, for the year endless, I downloaded a bunch of music. And sometimes you might not get around to that music right away. And it might take you some time to click play and to listen or to load it on your phone. And funny enough, I get an email from Martin Bauman, who is part of the Come Up Show team. And if you're a fan of our podcast, you definitely know who he is. He introduced me via email to Saba's manager. Because Saba's going to be coming to Toronto in May to play Canadian Music Week And they wanted to get exposure, a little bit of press before they came down to the city. Okay, now I need to listen to this mixtape right now and take it in. And I fell in love with the mixtape. Comfort Zone, I'm still listening to it and I'm still working out to it. It's inspirational, as he calls it. It's reflective rap. If you haven't already downloaded it, make sure you check it out. And I'm happy to present my interview with Saba. I caught up with him in his uh, Chicago home, I believe, in the middle of him cooking chicken tenders. And uh, what we discuss in interviews, he tells me about the, the one song that he heard by the Bone Thugs, My Bone Thugs in Harmony, that inspired him to want to be a rapper, why his first day of high school was hella weird. And you might notice Chicago is on fire right now in terms of music and the artists that are coming out. Saba tells me why he thinks that is. Enjoy. <laughs> so yeah, I man, uh, you're going on tour. I right? you tell me a little bit about that, man? Uh,
0: it's my first tour, Mm -hmm. so, you know, I'm, I'm hella excited, like, I wake up every day, like, man, like, this has been, like, the longest week ever, because, you know what I'm saying, like, I feel like the kid that's, like, going on a field trip, like, tomorrow, like, you Mm -hmm. know how, like, you'd be, like, hella excited and can't sleep, like, that's how I feel right now.
1: Yeah, that's, that's, I, I know exactly, When, (laughs) when you had that field trip and your parents Sign your permission form for you and you're good. You're you're ready to go. All right uh, So yeah, you're obviously you this is a nationwide tour. You're going on a tour with uh, Kirk Knight, No Name Gypsy. Yeah, who else is on tour?
0: Mick, Mick Jenkins.
1: Mick Jenkins and presented by yeah. Pro Era and Cinematic Music Group. So th- the question that I have for you, man Is this is your first nationwide tour? You're all excited and everything like that what are you packing in your luggage? What are you making sure that you're not forgetting and you double check in and maybe you you have a to do list. You're like, yo, I cannot forget this in my luggage. What are the key and you know what's items? funny?
0: The funny thing is I haven't thought about that at all yet. Really? <laughs> I I have no idea what like people bring on tours because I've never been on one. Mm-hmm. So uh you know, I'm gonna have a bunch of a bunch of like draws uh maybe a few a few outfits and uh like a mic and my like equipment and I feel like I'll be good. Hopefully I won't go like too broke on the road. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And like I don't know, the the basics will be taken care of. I'm guessing like do you have like a basic rider where like the promoter's offering you food and water and stuff like that, right? Like that'll be taken care of. You
0: know, I'll I'll be good, you know, on the uh-huh. road. I, yeah, I just well, need to leave, man. Like I'm so, I'm so thirsty to get out of Chicago right
1: now. Yeah, you're hungry, eh? This is how.
0: You
1: know, <laughs> you, know you know, you know. The funny thing is, like, um, you know, I've done a radio show for like uh, over 70 years, and I've had a blog for like five, six years, and I've helped, a talk with a bunch of artists, and especially the way it is right now, like our music inbox for our website, we get like over 200 emails a day. Where like no I can right. we can't humanly check like every single email. It's impossible nowadays to like yeah. um, what I what I give the advice that I give to artists is like honestly bro go on tour. Like go see people, like touch their hands, take pictures with them, uh connect with promoters and other rappers in that city, like Network save some contacts. That's really how you start getting noticed. man. There's only so much that Facebook and and Twitter and Instagram can do for you. Would you agree with that?
0: Yeah, of course. Of course. I think, uh, you know, like for a lot of artists, it's just like finding that right opportunity because you know what I'm saying? Like going on tour is like a lot of money, like to put up for your own tour. So a lot of artists are like waiting until they're presented with an opportunity from someone else to, like, hey, do you want to get thrown on this tour or this tour? But, like, we've been traveling, like, locally or, like, as far out as we can on our own, like, for, like, maybe, like, a year or two now. So we just try to, you know what I'm saying, hit as many markets outside of Chicago that we can and that we can afford because, you know, like, traveling is just, like, that shit's so expensive but I think, yeah, I, I would totally agree with that, though. Like, touring is, like, the the move.
1: Do you watch Family Guy at all?
0: I watch Family Guy a lot. That's usually what, like, puts me to sleep, actually.
1: it was It's funny because yeah. I, I was eating breakfast this morning, and I was watching an episode of Family Guy, an episode with Stewie and Brian, you know, they travel in the time machine. And we're going to use this analogy right now for this story that you're about to tell. You know, let's, let's say you're Stewie and I'm Brian, and we're going in the time machine right now, homie. Take me back to your childhood. If we travel back to when you're at the age of seven in your house, what are we? What are we looking at? What, what was your household like when, as a young kid, growing up? All
0: right, seven years old. Um, hmm. What was seven like? Seven? Okay, okay. I'm seven, and actually, this is when I'm seven. Is where I decide that music is my, like, you know what I'm saying, what I'm trying to do for the rest of my life. Uh, My great-grandmother, we go to her house, me, my cousin, and my brother. uh, we all around the same age. Um, We go over there. She has this, like, old, like, piano, and it's just sitting there. You know, she's, like, a lot older, so it's like some antique shit in her house. And I play Mary Had a Little Lamb on it. And then she's just like, you can have this. So she gives me, like, they bring in, like, movers, like, like the next week. And they bring that piano to my house. And then uh, I get put in piano lessons. So that's kind of where everything begins at the age of seven. Like, uh, my, I guess, like, me discovering, like, my real, like, love for music started then.
1: That's that's amazing. Your grandma was so uh, mm-hmm. gracious to give you a piano. Wow. Could you believe it when she said you can have this whole piano?
0: Yeah, I mean, we had been to her house a bunch of times, and I've never seen the piano get used. Mm-hmm. So it was like the first time that I've seen the piano even open, and my brother and my cousin just going ham on it, like just smashing keys and shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. So then she... She, like, told them to stop so I can play. And then when when she seemed that I can actually, well, not play for real, but, you know, at least play Mary Had a Little Mm lamb. she's like, okay, well, if you want this, you can have it. So Mm -hmm. it was like, you know, that was the beginning of everything, like, just getting that piece.
1: You're taking piano lessons. You're enjoying it. Uh, You know, your father is a neo-soul, like, singer, R&B singer. Uh, uh, but it wasn't until this thing called rap music that came into your life that you were like, What is this? And so I, I want you to take me exactly to the first moment, like paint that picture to me when you heard rap music for the first time, you're like, What's going on right now? where, where were you and well, what were I you had, doing?
0: I had been brought up basically like around rap like my whole life because like even though my dad was a singer, he played a bunch of rap my mom played a bunch of rap. I have an older brother. He played hella rap. Um, but the rap music that I discovered that made me want to become a rapper was a... Uh, it was a song called Notorious Thugs. It was like Bone Thugs and Biggie. Yeah. And I heard this song, and we were just playing... I think we were playing, like, live 2003, maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh And we just used to play, like, basketball video games and listen to music. Um, And I heard this song. Obviously, it's hella old. You know, Biggie's already dead. But it was new to me. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, you know, I didn't know that music existed that sounded like this. Like, it was, like, rap and singing and, like, harmonies and layer on layer. It was just a bunch of shit going on in this song. And this is what inspired me to, you know what I'm saying, become uh, like a rapper or a singer or whatever the hell, you know, just like make, to make music like outside of just playing the piano. Uh, so that's, that's where that stemmed from. But it was, it was definitely that day hearing Notorious Thugs for the first time.
1: That's an amazing story. And so how old were you when, like, when, when you heard this song?
0: Um, but it was live 2003. I'm nine.
1: <laughs> You're nine years old.
0: Yeah. Wow,
1: that's amazing. And that
0: was the, that was the, the winter for Christmas, that winter, I got a, a four track recorder. hmm And after that, that's when we started building the studio. Like we started recording on cassette and we started like doing everything then, like when I was nine.
1: Wow. So, like, having a musical family definitely helped, right? Like, you're getting a piano, a recorder, it's kind of, like, basically setting the foundation for you as a musician.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like everything was, like, set there. And it's, like, the older I get, the more I realize, like, I just keep finding out about, like, our family history. And it's, like, it goes back generations and generations of, you know, like, my granddad was in a band, my dad obviously was a singer, my uncle produces, his, I think, uh, mom was like a music teacher. So it just goes back and back, like as far as like, the involvement in music, music in my family.
1: And and when he, when he decided that like, you, you know, you, you want to like, you, when you're a kid, like say in an average family, a young kid says, I want to be a rapper, or, I want to do music or whatever, maybe they'll get lessons or whatever, But I I don't think it's like generally encouraged. People don't see, like, oh, if you say you want to be a musician, maybe it's changing now, but back then, probably you're like, people are like, get a, you know, think about something real, like a a real education. And you were a pretty smart kid as well, too. So you skipped skipped like two grades, right? Like, tell me when you found out about that.
0: I skipped third grade. My family, they've always been open to it because they always kind of, I felt like they knew that this would happen. Uh, so it's always been, you know, a supportive structure here. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, it was like as, you know, as I got older, I began taking it more serious. Uh, you know, obviously, it feels like sometimes they would rather... You know what I'm saying? I, I think they just want me to be, I guess, safe. Uh, and it's like the the older I get, it seems like the more, you know, notoriety and the more rap seems to be working out. Uh, so, you know, I never – they never, like, complain or tell me to do anything. Like, they know that this is the right route for me, and they always encourage it and uh, help out however they can, basically uh and and it's like at a point now where like they come to the shows and everything, like my grandma and granddad always at at my shows now and I always put them on a list and get them into like v i p and everything, so you know they always support the dream, basically
1: now being a rapper is that are you more conscious now like your family having a musical background, and they uh, understand? And can hear your lyrics and understand the musicality, all that type of stuff. Does it make you want to be a better musician?
0: Um, yeah, I think I think uh a lot of like the real instrumentation that I use in my music comes from like me knowing that like you know, older people usually don't like rap music. And it's not really surprising because most of it is just, like, some synth sound over, like, some fake drum machine. And it makes sense. Why? Because to them, it's not really music because they don't see how it took talent to build. Uh, So I always try to have some real, like, musicians or, like, real, like, sounds and not necessarily all synth sounds. In my music, so that you know that it can relate to them how it relates to me. Uh, but I was always brought up around you know a certain type of music. So when I make music, I go in with the like intent to like create something familiar but new at the same time.
1: I want you to take me to your first day of high school. What was that like?
0: <laughs> my first day of high school was a little funny. Uh, My brother was a senior, and I'm a freshman. Freshmen and seniors will not be in the same class basically at all. Uh, I had a study hall with, like, some seniors that he knew, Uh, so that was basically it. But high school just in general was, like, hella weird. Like, I was hella weird. Uh, I, I was, like, I'm trying to think first day of high school. I'm I'm thirteen so I'm hella small compared to, you know, all of the other students. Uh but but it was it was cool. Like I got introduced to, you know, some of my brother's friends and I didn't have internet. Uh but I think if it wasn't the first day, it was within that first couple weeks of high school. One of one of his friends gives me just like cases of music to just go listen to. Uh, So that was, you know, that was something that definitely helped in the long run. Like it was like some Lupe in there, some Kanye, some comment. Like it was like the Chicago, like rap scene basically, which I wasn't even exposed to, you know, in my house, I was raised by my grandparents. So we listened to what they would listen to. Uh, so he, he, he had some CDs burned for me and he gave them to me. And that basically changed a lot of how I viewed music, uh, just because it was like this new sound, like the Chicago, uh, like, you know, like 06, 07 ish. Uh, it was very new to me, especially like what they were doing with samples, what they were doing with lyrics, what they were rapping about, shit we can relate to being teens from Chicago. So it was just hella inspiring I think.
1: So you had to take three buses to get to your to the suburb of Westchester to attend a private school. Like was this the first time that like what 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 area is Westchester in like and was this like one of the first times that you're really like leaving your area the West Side to go to Westchester or you've been outside of your of your area before?
0: Um I had been to Westchester a few times just because my brother went there already for like three or four years before me mm-hmm. uh, but prior to you know high school, I had never heard of Westchester. or prior prior to him going to that high school, I had never heard of it uh, so yeah, we were mostly yeah, we were mostly on the west side, I think the furthest outside of the west side that we had been was New York uh because that's where our dad was living, uh mm-hmm. so we had been out there a couple times, but like. In Chicago, like, I probably never went to the south side of Chicago. Like, I didn't even know a thing until, like, I was, like, out of high school, basically. Uh, Like, even, like, downtown, like, downtown, I didn't know it was, like, so accessible. I thought that was, like, super rarity. Uh, So, it was, like, we were, like, hella, like, boxed into our surroundings, basically. Like, the west side was just where I lived, so that's where I thought I would stay. It wasn't until, you know, traveling out and seeing outside and everything that you realized, man, this is really small compared to what, you know, you could do or where you could go.
1: Yeah, and now that you're going to go, funny enough, on a national tour, then you're going to really see how small that maybe Chicago is, right? Like, Or just right. discovering whole new areas as well, too. Is there a particular city that you're excited about on this tour and visiting?
0: Um, I think I'm, I'm always excited to go to Oakland. I have been to Oakland like two or three times already. And it's always like a really fun time. You know, I, I always enjoy LA, um, New York is a given. Uh, but I'm excited about like the sleeper, like cities, like, like Cleveland, like, I don't know what, like, to expect from a place like that. So that's what I think I'm most excited about, like, Cleveland, North North Carolina. Like, you know, these are places that have influenced me and I never have been to or never heard stories about. Like, bone thugs are from Cleveland. So, you know, it might be interesting being there. My grandma is from North Carolina. So, you know, it's like places that you have a relation to but just never went. Uh, I'm always interested to see what those crowds will be like, how receptive to the like newer, newer sounds that they would be.
1: Yeah, it's definitely gonna be a learning process and an experience as well too. So, uh, tell me the significance of uh, the Youth Media Center and Young Chicago Authors to your development as an artist. What was it like being there, and what are you seeing?
0: Um, U Media for me was like like the training camp almost like just like that's where I learned a lot about like just life in general uh outside of like hip-hop um but that was the first place where I had really performed for real uh so it was like me and all the like my friends would just go there and we would learn how to perform because we knew we could improve on it like I used to perform just looking at the floor standing still uh, not saying anything to anybody just I would just get up there and do the song and it's like just becoming more comfortable with yourself I think is the biggest thing that I learned from Umedia Uh, and it was like so many other like dope people there you know like to collab with to even just you know kick it with basically uh, but I think a lot of us you know, it's crazy how many people from U Media have gone on to do crazy shit outside of U Media. Uh and young Chicago Arthur's is like it's like the same thing. Uh Young Chicago Arthur's I started going to as I was older. So it was like what I was learning there was more focused on my writing, uh and like styles of writing. Uh, and not necessarily like, you know, how to perform and shit because we had already learned that from you media. This was like trying to get become like just a better artist in general. Um but yeah, I think both places are like single handedly almost well I can't say both places are single handed, but <laughs> both places are damn near, you know, equally uh kinda like reasons for how I'm talking to you right now.
1: With, with confidence and because you were obviously uh, extremely shy uh, in high school, and you're outside of your comfort zone, and 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 this this is what gave you confidence. Basically, is what you're saying.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't until I started going to U Media every week where I felt like I could talk to people like without you know thinking. You know what I'm saying? I was always like in myself, hella shy. And after you media, I was like, "Cool, I'm, I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was like good. Like, those were like the most important years, I guess, uh, of my life because it made me me."
1: And it made you, yeah, the artist. That, and if you wanted to be an artist, a rapper, a performer, those things are definitely necessary. Where you have to have a lot of confidence in yourself as well. So
0: definitely, definitely.
1: Um, reading a, a, a quote from Kevin Koval, uh, I think I'm pronouncing his name right. That he's the young Chicago author. Yeah, uh,
0: Kevin Koval. Yeah, Coble, Kevin Koval. Yeah,
1: I was reading an interview, and he said, like, uh, he was saying, quoting, "There's so many important records. Saba, like a lot of artists, has come from Chicago. Uh, what uh, he's come from Chicago, and it's what uh, Gwendolyn Brooks referred to as verse journalism. So. Uh, saying that your music is verse journalism. Do you, have you heard that description before? Did...
0: No, I had actually never heard that quote. Uh, but basically, like, Kevin Coble is, like, the founder of Louder Than a Bomb, which is, like, this, like, super long-running, like, poetry event that happens uh, out here. And, like, Young Chicago Arts like, he's the founder of that and everything. So it's, like, just being around that energy like a bunch of us are hella influenced by like the poetry world and just the writing world in general. Like, you know how similar rap is to poetry, but it's not until you go to poetry, hoping Mike's where you kind of realize like they're not doing really anything different. Uh, so a lot of our raps in turn had become more poetic, I guess, like, and not just me, like, you know, like I would say, like, this is the place that i met like, No Name and, like, Chance and, like, Mick Jenkins, like, people like that. So it's, you know, it's had an influence on the entire Chicago and not just us. Uh, but, you know, just in general, like, how we write, uh, well, to an extent, because none of us really write the same, but you can hear a similar thing in the the poetry of our music. Uh, so that's what I would say just in general about a few, you know, a few of the Chicago artists that like have a, a similar tone.
1: Mm-hmm. I actually just did a quick Google on it. So verse journalism is defined as uh, a poet as a fly on the wall or a poet as an all seeing eye. So basically like as a fly on the wall, like you're just observing and then you're, you are you know, you're just telling, you're telling people what you're seeing, which is yeah, exactly what you're doing. Uh, because you're also like kind of grew up where you seen the ghetto and you also seen the suburbs as well too. But you know, uh, you're a smart kid and you you were in school and 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 that you're rapping about what you're seeing as well too. I wanted to know. So you graduated uh, high school. Is it a three point nine GPA? Was that right?
0: Uh no, I had a three point nine in college. I graduated high school with I don't know 3. maybe like 5? a three point three three point four something okay. like that. Because
1: I saw a couple of I saw a three point five then I saw a three point nine so I didn't know maybe high school was three point five and college was three point nine. But you didn't yeah. finish. You didn't finish. I don't think you finished college because you know you had all these loans or whatever. And then, uh, t- but I-, I want you to take me to the point where you realize like you're not gonna pursue college or finish college and that you're gonna do this music thing. How did that feel as a um, person? Like being All a All right, so being this is how kid.
0: this is how that happened. Because it didn't happen exactly like that. Like even still, like I, I am like I do have plans on going back to college and everything and finishing, just not at the moment.
1: Okay.
0: Uh so I was seventeen, I think. Uh and um, you know, I was like killing college. Like I was doing better in college than I had did in high school. Mm-hmm. Uh I think I had one B. Uh, and it's crazy. Like, you'll never believe what I got to be in. It was a hip-hop punch. Uh, <laughs> but the, the uh I don't know, man. Like, I feel like the universe works in, like, a real interesting way, man. But I think certain times things will just be obvious. Uh And it's like it will just show you, you know what I'm saying, to where you don't even have to question it. And it was like, I never seen myself not being in school, but it was like the my last semester of school was when I dropped my first mixtape. So it was like the fact that that lined up like that, it just was a sign to me. Like, And then I had, I had owed Columbia, the school that I was going to, I had owed them so much money already that I got a letter saying that I couldn't go until I, you know, until I, started making payments or completed the payments. So it was just, you know, I never, like, made a conscious decision, like, I'm going to drop out of school. It was just like, you know, like, the way things lined up, it was like, you can't go back to school. So now go do what you have to do. Um, and then at Columbia, you know, it's this it's a school where it's made for the art. So, I had made a lot of connections and, you know, I networked with a lot of people who end up helping me, like in the long run. Like, me and uh, Thelonious Martin were classmates. Uh, So, we end up, you know what I'm saying? We end up working on some music together. Me and, uh, there's a label out here called Closed Sessions, but the person who runs that label was one of my teachers. So, we end up, you know, collab. And, you know, it's just, like, once I felt like I got, everything that i needed out of there it was just like the universe was like basically like man go do what you got to do man you can't even like don't even think about coming back because you can't uh so that's how that happened like i you know i was i was killing school though this is the crazy part cuz i was on a scholarship my freshman year at columbia mm-hmm. and my sophomore year they cut my scholarship but it didn't make sense because I was doing better in college than I had done in high school. So I didn't understand why I was cut. But like I said, man, it, like the universe tell you some things sometimes that's obvious, like, and it's not even worth questioning. Like, I was just like, all right, I know what I need to be doing right now because that's what all of these signs are telling me.
1: Yeah, like I had a
0: like... 3.9 and got my scholarship cut. When I got the scholarship, I only had a 3.3. 3. So it's like, you know, Shit like that, it doesn't make sense, but it makes so much sense. <laughs>
1: it's, it's divine intervention, man. You basically have to, like, you'd be foolish for you not to take that opportunity of just, like... Basically. Just, like, naturally just going with the flow and seeing where that could take you. Because you could always go back to school, right? It doesn't matter how old Yeah, you
0: are. yeah, that's, and that's, that's how, how I feel. That's how my dad always talked to me, like... That was one thing, like, he was, like, super supportive in my decision, I guess. Uh, because, you know, he's seen, like, things changing for the better, and he was like, you know, well, he was basically, like, making it clear that he would support me either way. Uh, and once I seen it that way, it was like, all right, well, let's let's knock this out.
1: So I, I understand that uh, you don't drink or, or smoke. Is that true?
0: That is true.
1: Okay. I want to know, like, how do you feel that that benefits, what are the positive benefits of that, not drinking, not smoking, in terms of just when you look around, like, you know, smoking and drinking is everywhere. How do you think that it benefits you in a positive way of of having being clear-minded and clear-headed?
0: I feel like all of my decisions are kind of my own. I feel, I feel a lot. More, I guess, like in tune with myself, and not you know, like no cloudy judgments or anything. Uh, But really, I don't, I don't even know, man, because honestly, the reason I don't drink or smoke is because I've never drank or smoked. So like, it's basically like it's it's easy for me to say you know what I'm saying, like no, I won't, I won't do that, but only because I've never done it. Like I can't guarantee you that if I had ever done it, that I would be the same like, sober-minded person. But it's, you know what I'm saying, I'm, I'm going to just do it as long as I can. Like, it seems to be, uh, you know, there aren't too many, like, musicians or entertainers who don't uh, drink or smoke. So it's like, I don't feel the, the need at the moment, at least. I don't want to jinx anything and then be a pothead and, like, <laughs> make all weed music, like, next week or anything. But... You know, I'm just kind of going with the flow of life and everything. And I never drank or smoke and I don't, you know, I don't really see a reason to start, you know, this late, Like, I'm already 20. Like, you know, I might as well just keep going, you know, if I made it this far. <laughs>
1: I feel like, you know, c- compared to I'm a better person when I'm sober, not drinking, not smoking, you know, I could see how people drink and smoke to release stress or whatever. But I feel like when you're on a grind, when you're like, truly doing what you love, like, you, you, the love of what you do becomes a drug in itself. If that makes sense. I agree
0: with that. I agree with that 100%. Like, it's like, I never really, it's funny, like, I never even realized that, like, people know that, uh, like, that I don't drink as much, because, like, it's like, all my friends are pieheads, so a lot of people that, uh, like, assume, like, you know, by association sometimes, that's how it works. Uh, But, yeah, it's like, I don't feel... I don't feel like it's different. Like, I, I think a lot of people get it, like, misconstrued basically just because, like, I don't drink or smoke, that I'm, like, looking down on people who drink or smoke or I'm, like, trying to preach against it. And really, like, I'm just, like, you know, I'm not even worried about that. Like, I'm just focused on, you know what I'm saying? I'm focused on music. Like, that's what I'm trying to do. Like, I don't, I don't care about that. So it's like we going to make some
1: music, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh let's talk about uh, Chicago right now. Like I I'm kind of like uh, interested of how people represent a, a side of Chicago where you say y- you're happy to represent the west side and why and and that to me is like yeah, overall you're part of Chicago. But why is there there's, there's such importance on like west side or south side, and different sides? Hold like, on, hold can on. you can you make my, me understand I'm that? going
0: crazy. Uh my bad. But the answer to that, I think, is, uh, like, all right, so Chicago is big. Uh It is a big city. Uh, And, like, the south side, it's, like, almost, like, two different things. And I think now it's becoming, you know, we're getting more unified or whatever. But Chicago's always been one of those places where, you know, you're proud of where you're from, you rep where you're from or whatever. Um, One of the reasons, I talk about me personally, one of the reasons that I put, like, being from the west side of Chicago on so much of my music is because there hasn't really been, I feel like, you know, west side artists in Chicago never really get respected. Uh, Or just in general, like, the west side is, like, almost like, Like, people treat it like it's a wasteland or something and, like, nothing good comes from the west side. Like, you go over there and it's, like, all this violence and none of their food is good and none of the people are good. And it's, like, you know, like, that's just me, like, trying to keep it, you know what I'm saying, like, positive. Uh, Which, you know, a lot of times, like, I, I, I never wanted it to come off as, you know what I'm saying, because I'm from the west side, I don't like any other side. Uh, so, like, even when we have the show, it's like, I'll I'll change up lyrics and everything and, like, shout out every side instead of it just being, like, me saying West Side, West Side because I don't, you know, I never wanted it to come off, like, I don't support the other side of Chicago. But on record, it's just so much, you know, destructive shit going on on the West Side of Chicago for there to be positive artists like myself. I want to embrace, you know what I'm saying, embrace that, like, i don't I don't really know of any West side Chicago artists that are really you know what i'm saying uh that have been like recognized for real for real like how they should have been uh and I think now' it's is getting to a point where i I feel like we can change that and we can just all be one Chicago you know.
1: Yeah, and uh, that, and you know, people always at, like have asked you like Chicago's such a hotbed of uh, you know talent, and you said it's always been like that. But now artists are starting to work together, and I think uh, this is something that's true for every scene, like everywhere in the world, man. Like where you know uh, people are like, yeah, there's always talent, but people don't work together. And when people do work together, great things happen in that city. Um what Definitely. Do you think, what do you think people brought what do you think brought people together in Chicago?
0: I think one of the like biggest things that's different now and then mm-hmm. is places like u media and young know, Chicago is like a lot of people don't realize it because like because we don't feature on each other's song one hundred percent of the time, but a, a lot of us have known each other or known of each other for years now. You know, like, I met a lot of these, you know, people who are also in the Chicago rap scene when I was, like, 15 and 16 years old. So it's like, I'm 20 now. And, you know, like, we've grown together. And even if we're not best friends, seeing growth from somebody that you've known for that long is always, you know what I'm saying, that always feels good. Like, you can always support that. You can always support them. It's inspiring uh, too. Basically, yeah, exactly. So I think that's the the one thing. Like a lot of us have just grown up together, basically.
1: And and you you know you're right. Community basically, you had a community organization bring everyone together, and when you know each other, you see good things happening. That inspires you. It lets you know it's possible. It makes you want to support. So basically, definitely, definitely more, more community organizations more. Where people can get together, because I feel like, especially in the in, you know in, in North America, where we're all about the individual, one person they could do it, everything themselves. Where we're not as communal as other countries are, as an example, where people have to work together, where communal values are really important, and because of that, a society and country whatsoever is stronger. So, I am glad I'm glad that you said that, because you know there's definitely uh, that puts importance. For our community organizations and how important it is because, you, you know, you're not name dropping at all here, which I respect. But, like, let's tell the people who's listening to, to this podcast, like, I believe Chance the Rapper and Vic Mensa were all from these community organizations that you grew up with. Is that correct?
0: They definitely, like, I, I it was a point where we didn't know each other, like, none of us. But we had seen each other around, you know, for, like, years. Mm-hmm. So it was like you know like relationships like that build, and if you're doing, if you're doing what you're what you do, and you're embracing your craft and working on it and be getting better at it, you don't have to worry about you know like the I guess the leaders of that scene like recognizing you. Like that's just something that will. Happen for itself. Like, you know, like I never went up to them and was like, hey man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Saba, nice to meet you. This is my music. It just, you know, like people in there, because it's all the same circle. Uh, so, you know, like me and, me and Mick uh, didn't know each other at a point either. And it's like, now we're going on tour together. So it's like crazy, like just to see how the Chicago scene, I guess, worked uh but it's always been it's always been love between everybody and i think that's the 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 greatest part of it all
1: mhm i'm really happy to hear that so you're going on a national tour um you're going to be in toronto in may canadian music week uh as you're preparing for your live show live performance you know what goes through your mind before you take those few steps and you get on that stage what what is going on in the mind of you as an artist before you get on stage, and what are you like live in concert?
0: Uh, it's crazy. Like I I never really, I never really know. But it's kind of like uh, it's like I blank out everything. Uh, it's like I don't, I don't think about anything. It's like. The second how how I usually come on is I let my DJ intro uh and my DJ is low key crazy. Uh <laughs> 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 so his name is DJ Damage. He'll uh like he basically getting the crowd ready and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh and then it's like by the time he brings me out, I'm I'm already, you know what I'm saying, I'm already in the song. So, like whatever the crowd was expecting my goal is to make that 10 times more like amp and 10 times more turn. Like a lot of people are surprised when they see me live because comfort zone is so chill. Mm Uh, but a live show for me, like I'm not one of those artists who could just like perform the song and like just chill on stage. Like we about to jump, you know, like we jumping in the crowd. We, you know, like it's weird. Like the whole place is basically just going to rock. And that's why, like, I'm, you know, I'm so excited, like, to just be able to do this every night. Like, uh, I feel like I'm on a sports team or some shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like, you're coming out of the stands, you're coming out of the uh, the starting lineup, and you're just running out to the field. Basically,
0: basically, that's basically. But yeah, so. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see how receptive other cities will be to, you know, some kids that they never heard of. Uh, but you know, so far, like it's like every show, it's like it just gets better and better as far as like crowd reception, uh, and then our performance and our energy on stage. You know, it's like it's just getting amplified. Like now, compared to where we were a year ago, is at least ten times better.
1: And that's amazing, man. And it's it's progress is one of the most beautiful things, isn't it?
0: Of, of course, of course. That's what we kind of like. Like that's our like main focus. Like when we made Pivot, that's what we wanted to do with it. You know, just work on progress and it's like one step at a time, basically. So that's you know that's always been one of our things that we pride ourselves on. Mm
1: Mhm. So man, as you come out, you're gonna be in Toronto this May, Canadian Music Week. For our Canadian fans and uh, lis- listeners to our podcast, the come up show that are listening right now who maybe haven't possibly downloaded the mixtape already uh what would you say to them about comfort zone uh as a you know as kind of an introduction a recap of it so they can go get it
0: uh, It's basically like you know like some some hip hop music with a twist it's like you know real uh, what's the word, like, it's, it's, uh, uh, basically like a way for me to describe my life in a way that it reflects yours as well, so it's like new, and then this is gonna be my first time performing out of the country, so I'm hella excited about that, but yeah, basically, man, Comfort Zone is just a representation of everything that's going on out here, out there in inside, man. It's the it's the it's some reflective rap. Reflective rap. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: Basically. That's
1: awesome. Uh I appreciate your time, uh Saba. Uh anything last words and thoughts uh that you wanna say to the people out there before we, we wrap up the interview?
0: Hey man, I I just thank you, man. Thank you. Shout out to Canada. Shout out to Toronto. You show me uh I'm I'm just way too excited to like not just for the tour but to go out there. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah, man. Hey, man. I'll, hey, I'll see you in May, man. <laughs> uh, ha, ha,
1: have you heard anything about Toronto yet? Like any expectations? Um,
0: <laughs> I don't want to put out you know too many expectations, but I will say that my girl is obsessed with Toronto. So I hear a lot, you know what I'm saying? I hear a lot of stories about Toronto in general like she's never been uh and I've never been, but you know, I I, I know it's going to be like one of those trips that you remember for the rest of your life, especially because it's the first time I'm leaving the US to perform. Uh so, you know, like I don't want to I don't want to put too many expectations on it. Yeah. But basically, there's hella expectations on it. Like, this going to be the greatest trip.
1: Yeah, all <laughs> I have to say to you, all I have to say is make sure you get your papers right. Our border don't play.
0: <laughs> you said what?
1: I said make sure you get your papers right, your passports, and because our, our Canadian border. Oh yeah, yeah, don't yeah. Play. No,
0: I already got, I already got my passport. I uh, left <laughs> the country last year, but it was unwrap related. Uh, but so yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm ready. I'm ready.
1: All right, man. Thank you very much, my brother. Good luck on this nationwide tour, man. We'll see you in Toronto in May. (laughs) All right, man. Love, bro. All right, peace. I hope you enjoyed my interview with Saba on the Come Up Show podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe and follow on whatever medium that you're listening to this podcast on. SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher Radio. We're available on all podcast platforms. Subscribe, comment, and rate, especially on iTunes. I love to get your ratings and your comments because it helps us climb the podcast charts. My name is Chetto. You're checking out the Come Up Show podcast. If this is the first time you're listening to this podcast, Check out our catalog on SoundCloud or iTunes to see all the interviews that we've done. We probably have interviewed your favorite artists. Until next time, peace.